Hello, and welcome to Social Workers Rise, where we inspire social workers to connect, expand their knowledge, and change more lives than they ever thought possible. We will talk everything social work on every level from micro to macro. We are going to hear stories of social workers who are doing big things, learn new skills, and most importantly, give you actionable steps to make a difference today. Let's go. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Social Workers Rise. It is your host, Catherine here. Today, we're going to be talking about everything that you can do with a social work degree. And I know this is a pretty straightforward question, but the answer is not always as straightforward as we would like it to be. And to be honest, I am completely okay with this because it just means that there are a lot of opportunities that are out there. And this field is growing, in my opinion, faster than what the Bureau of Labor and Statistics will tell you, which it tells you that it's growing at 9%, which is faster than average between the years of 2021 and 2031. But before I get into that, if you're not familiar with who I am, I am Katherine Moore, an LCSW based out of California, and I have been social working since 2009. Yes, a long time. And I love it. I started this podcast in order to change the toxic narratives that I experienced and that I heard and that I felt in the social work industry. And those top two narratives are one, expect to be burnt out. And two, expect to not make a lot of money in social work. And both of those narratives, I there's definitely some truth to them, but we really need to reframe those narratives into how do we prevent ourselves from getting burnt out and how do we use our skills so that we can make income and impact at the same time, right? Having income is not a dirty word. Having money and having dreams and wanting to travel and have a house, those are not bad things. I'm a firm believer that when we know what our options are, when we are well informed of our value in the marketplace, then we can make the decisions that are best for us and our family and our clients, right? So that is the whole premise of this podcast is to give you that insight, give you that knowledge into what your options are, which is why I love that I've been able to interview so many social workers from around the world about the types of work that they do, because I'm hoping that with these conversations, your creativity is ignited, that you start to think about more for yourself and what is possible. We're really pushing the limits of social work here. We're really pushing the limits about what does this degree entail, right? So let's let's talk about this, right? What exactly does this degree entail? And simply to break it down, first, the degree is really about helping other people. So it teaches us skills that we need in order to help and serve other people, specifically people who are traditionally impoverished or who have mental health uh, illnesses, 
or who um, are just struggling in some way. They need extra resources. And this can look different for everybody, right? It's not just a traditional nonprofit setting or working in um, community mental health or a homeless shelter. It can be, but it is also so much more than that. So to start, I'm going to be focusing this conversation on what you can do specifically once you have obtained your master's in social work. And you can also, I know that there's a lot of you listening, maybe even you, who you only have your bachelor's in social work. And that is fabulous. Congratulations. Um, however, you're, to be honest, like the jobs that you qualify for are going to be very limited without a master's in social work. And if you want to go on and, and do something else, then that is completely fine. But for the purpose of this conversation, I'm really focused on once you have your master's in social work, what does that do? What kind of possibilities are out there for you? So with the areas that I'm going to just briefly talk about, they can all be broken up into micro, meso, and macro for the most part, right? All of these different industries have those different levels, micro meaning that you're working on the individual level, individually, one-on-one with with other people. Uh, Meso would be you're working in groups, maybe community organizing, working in a neighborhood, support group, things like that, even groups within your own office or within your own workplace. And then macro would be thinking large scale. So policy, administration, research, talking to large groups of people, talking to populations, right? So a lot of these different areas can be broken up in those different ways. So it's important to make that distinction and to really figure out what do you love? And if you love all of them, that's amazing. I am with you. I love all of them too. And figuring out how can you use your social work skills on all these different levels to address the needs of the populations that you really enjoy serving. If you want to focus in on one of them, maybe you're really macro focused or you just really want to do therapy and that's what you want to do. You want to do clinical. That is amazing too. There is a spot for everybody at our social work table. We need you and we need your special set of skills, experience, and interests. So with that said, some of the jobs that you can do with an MA, with an MSW are going to include um, one, administration, policy, and research. So that's going to be at the macro level. And some of these jobs that you might look for could be a maybe a community development worker, maybe a grant writer, possibly uh, human resources. With human resources, we are naturally suited for this job. However, there may be an additional certificate that you might need if you are interested in human resources. Um, Other ones include researcher, policy analyst, policy creator, a quality assurance specialist. So essentially what this person does would be they would look at the policies of organizations or even their own workplace and make sure that the 
documentation and the rules are legal and that the documentation is supporting what the guidelines are for maybe a grant or the Medicare guidelines for those specific services. So essentially ensuring that the work that is done is matching and in compliance with the laws and rules of that particular organization. Um, so that is just a snippet of the administration policy and research area. We're going to move on to um, the category of mental health. So there are a lot of different areas that we can serve within mental health because honestly, where there are people, there is mental health conversations that are happening or they really need to happen a lot more. So there is a lot of space and flexibility when we're talking about mental health. And in this, we can also include substance abuse as well. So some of these jobs that you might be looking at, a very common ones are a case manager. Um, there could be crisis intervention. If you want to go, this is kind of more macro, but it's a mix, right? So if you're looking at director of social services, uh, clinical supervisor. So with those, you're working in a mental health or a substance abuse setting or substance use. I'm sorry, we're changing the abuse to use. Um, so you could be working in these settings. However, you're also doing the mezzo work of working in groups because you'd be supervising people, right? So you'll be supervising um, a group of other people. And also you would likely be involved in some sort of macro work with your job, keeping track of policies, things like that. So if you, these are really good positions as far as um, a clinical supervisor or a director, if you are interested in having a little bit of everything thrown in there, working individually with people and also understanding systems and the macro work that goes into it. Other jobs that you might be considering in the mental health and substance use realm could include a therapist or a counselor, um, an intake worker where you do psychosocial assessments for the intakes, um, even disaster response. So there's uh, organizations such as FEMA, the government, the Red Cross, that they have specific people who are trained to go in and respond to disasters um, and crises. Um, other common ones are going to be um, a psychiatric social worker, a substance abuse counselor. You could even be a trauma-informed specialist. So a lot of different areas to go as far as mental health and substance abuse. Additionally, uh, this could include work as DEI or diversity, equity, and inclusion, and that would be more in the corporate setting. And that is, um, you know, I guess it'd be considered a special population or a special setting or even like a non-traditional setting, which we're seeing a lot more of, right? So the non-traditional settings are going to be settings such as corporations, um, human resources, even policy formation. Um, entrepreneurship is definitely a option, uh, but is considered a non-traditional way or non-traditional path of social work. So another field that you could consider with your master's in social work is medical and health related jobs. 
Hey, it's Catherine here. I hope you are enjoying this episode. We're going to take a quick break to listen to these ads from our sponsors. If you're planning to take the BBS Law and Ethics exam, the ASWB Master's or Clinical Licensure exam, or if you're studying for the MFT exam, then you need a proven program that can help you understand the exam questions and pass with confidence. If this is you, I highly recommend the Therapist Development Center. I personally use TDC to pass my law and ethics and clinical exams and found the program provided me with everything I needed to pass with confidence. TDC's program integrates various ways of learning in an organized fashion containing all of the information you need to pass without the overwhelm. And now, bonus, TDC is also offering a library of continuing education courses that fulfill your license renewal requirements and will support you in your career development. If this sounds like something that you need, visit their website, therapistdevelopmentcenter.com and use the code SWRISE10 at checkout to receive 10% off any of their CE courses including their brand new course, On the Edge of Life, an introduction to suicidality. You can also check out the link in the show notes. So as far as medical and health-related jobs, you're going to be looking at different agencies. And I think that's the easiest way to break this down because there's so many different areas just within medical social work that you could go into, right? So as far as settings, it could be not just a hospital because that's, I feel like that's kind of the the first place that we go to when we think of medical social work is a hospital social worker. Not necessarily, especially because typically hospital social workers, those positions will usually require um, more experience and maybe your LCSW because you really got to know your stuff. When I was a hospital social worker, I loved it, but you you are jumping from case to case to case. You're going from addictions, you're going then you're hopping over to homelessness, then you're hopping over to domestic violence, then you could be hopping over to um, oncology and someone dealing with the end of life, and then you go over to the NICU where you're talking to a mom with her new baby right? So all of these different areas is why a lot of times they might want you to have more experience. It's an amazing job. I really loved it, Um, but definitely not for the faint of heart. Uh, It definitely requires you to really, really know your stuff. Um, The caveat with that could be is if you're specializing in something, right? So maybe you're specializing in oncology medical social work. So uh, working in the hospitals, with people who are going through cancer treatments, right? That's a very specialized thing. And if you have experience in hospice, maybe you did an internship there, that could be a really good lead way going into that. So there's the hospitals. There's also hospice, as I mentioned. So a lot of grief work that's going on there, talking with patients and families about what do they see as a realistic goal for the last few days, months, years of their life, right? So hospices, you could be working in dialysis clinics, you could be working in outpatient 
medical offices. You could be working in urgent cares. There's also a lot of opportunities within skilled nursing facilities, also within residential care facilities or elderly homes. I don't know what they call it where, where you're at, but here in California, they're called um, RCFEs, Residential Care Facility for the Elderly. Um, so there's so many different settings that you can work in. And within those settings, there's going to be a lot of different uh, different titles, if you will. So you could a common one is a medical case manager where you are planning discharge for the patients. It could be um, a, a pediatric social worker working specifically with children, maybe at the children's hospital or in the NICU. You could be a prevention specialist doing community outreach. You can be an elder care clinical social worker. There's also the disaster response specialist, um, specifically around how do we respond or prepare people for in the medical setting for if a disaster strikes. Um, what else is there? Behavioral health care specialist. There's also the addiction specialist in here too, because addiction is um, also considered part of the, the medical model, uh, psychiatric social work. And there's also travel social workers as well. So if you have experience, then you could qualify as a travel medical social worker, which we did another podcast on this as well, where you essentially work short term. So usually like six to nine weeks would be the length of stay or the contract that you would have. And you would uh, be able to travel and live wherever it is that that you sign up for or that they have a need going on. Um, typically with travel medical social workers, again, you have to know your stuff. So typically they want to see a license with that. But a lot of the times you can get into these different settings without a license. So I've seen people with their MSW work in hospices, in dialysis clinics, doing bereavement work. Um, especially in skilled nursing facilities. And again, this is just for reference and you'll have to look these up in your own area. My experience is specifically mostly in California. So just a little caveat there. And again, this podcast episode is meant to give you just an idea of what's possible. Like get those creative juices flowing and see, do you want to stay where you're at? Do you want to start working towards a different segment of the population? You are never stuck, my friend. So you have so many transferable skills, it's not even funny. And they are in super high demand. Yes, it might not feel like it because a lot of times we can be in situations or environments that don't appreciate what we do. But yes, you are in very high demand with the skills that you have and the knowledge that you have being able to work with all of these really um, difficult populations that they're not difficult to us sometimes, but a lot of times we're the ones to walk into these difficult situations when everyone else wants to walk out. So your skill set is definitely valuable. And if you need someone to remind you of this, if you need someone to look over your resume and tell you all of the amazing skills that you have and how we can transfer the experience that you do have into a different segment or into a different population, let me know. We can definitely work out some career coaching for you, even if it's, even if it's by the hour and you just need a consultation 
let me know. The link is in the show notes. So lastly, I wanted to touch on some other just kind of random or different special populations. So one is the educational sector, right? So with your MSW degree, you could very well go on to be a school social worker. Sometimes you do need additional certification, especially here in California. It's an additional um, certification to work in the schools, but look it up for where you're at. Other areas that you could consider is working as a professor in universities or at your local community college. If you have a MSW, you are likely qualified to teach at the bachelor's level of social work um, curriculum. So look into that if you're interested in being a professor. There's also student affairs at the universities where these people are the ones who really take care of the students. They plan events, they do counseling, they do all sorts of things for the well-being of their students. And I did do a podcast episode on this as well with student affairs. And someone who listened to it reached out to me later. They said, one, I had no idea this was an option. And two, I applied and just got hired for a student affairs job after listening to that podcast episode. So definitely check that out. They also have positions for travel school social workers. So if that is your jam, you know, definitely consider that. Uh, Also sports social work. Sports social work is a really big thing, especially if you're looking into colleges or professional sports um, organizations such as the NFL or the basketball. I'm not a sports person, so I'm not the one to come to for that. But there there is an association for sports social workers. So I would look that up if you are interested in that. Definitely a really cool field. And other ones uh, that other jobs or other settings that you might consider is working, you know, within human trafficking. There's homeless prevention, homeless outreach. You could uh, land a job in the courts or corrections or rehabilitation. If you want experience with children in the courts to kind of get your foot in the door somewhere, then there's um, court-appointed special advocates. I don't know if it's nationwide, but here in California, it's called CASA, where you volunteer to accompany a child to court because court can be really scary and intimidating. So they have those volunteers that can do that. Um, If you're interested in working in the court system or with children, I would definitely encourage you to check that out and see if there's a program like that near you. And of course, there's traditional ones that we always hear about, which is Child Protective Services, CPS, and there's also Adult Protective Services, which is APS. Um, Those are typically going to be with government, and I'll be honest, they don't pay too bad. A lot of times they do have really good benefits um, if that's something that you are interested in. There's also Child Abuse Investigator. Um, What else do we have here? Foster Care Worker. So on the other side of CPS where you're working with the people or the youth who are now in need of foster care or you're working with foster care families, uh, you could look into forensic social work. There's uh, geriatric social work, so working specifically with older adults. And even I've even seen jobs. This is how the social work field is growing. Life coaches are now a thing. 
And I have seen specific job postings for agencies that are looking for, quote, life coaches. I don't know why I just quoted that, but um, it's just so new to me that I'm, I'm still getting used to this idea of hiring social workers or counselors or therapists to be life coaches. And a lot of times you don't need an advanced degree for that. A lot of times they will train you. And from my understanding, a lot of it is using cognitive behavioral therapy or CBT. And you'll be using CBT a lot. So if you're interested in something to get trained in that can help prepare you for these roles, especially if you're looking at clinical roles, I mean, even micro and mac or even meso and macro, you could still use the cognitive behavioral therapy sequence because it applies to humans, right? It's about how our thoughts impact our feelings and then determine our behaviors, right? And how do we switch that up? So if you need more training on CBT or documentation, definitely check out my course, The Clinical Essentials for the Future Therapist. I made, I created this course in conjunction with my colleague because we saw that there was a really huge gap in when you graduate and the knowledge that you have when you graduate. And then when you get into the field, you kind of feel lost and you're like, wait, I have all of these concepts floating around in my head and all these ideas. How do I implement them in the real world? How do I implement them with this client who is sitting in front of me right now? And yes, you can learn this over the period of years, or I recommend that you take the course, you sign up for the course, and this is a self-guided, self-paced virtual course that you can do over a weekend. So by the next weekend, you will have extra tools, and you will have had extra guidance on how to actually use CBT with your clients right now. And this is for you if you are a bachelor's of social work, working in a um, indirect setting, if you are a master's of social work in your internship, where you're working directly one-on-one with clients, this is for you if you are a new graduate of either one of those. It's designed to really bridge that gap so that you can take the tools that you learned in your MSW program and learn from clinicians who are actually using them in the field. What does that look like with your client for maximum impact? So that is the clinical essentials for the future therapist course. If you are interested in it, check it out. The link is in the show notes. So that is all that I have for you. That is uh, an overview of the jobs that you can do as an MSW and the different types of settings that you are qualified to work in. I hope this got your creative juices flowing. I hope that this inspires you to keep an open mind when considering what kind of jobs do you want to apply for, right? What do you want to look into? Start doing your research now. Start networking now. It is never, never too early to start looking for jobs and to start researching what it is that you are interested in. If this episode has helped you at all, please send it to a friend. We want to be able to spread the good news. We are not about gatekeeping of information around here. That is old and done, and we are leaving that in the past. So please share this episode with other people. If you want additional social work resources, tips, and tools, 
I invite you to join the Friday resources email list where I send out just current happenings, what's going on in social work, workshops that are coming up, tools for clinical practice, discounts, all sorts of goodies. So the link is also there in the show notes for the Friday resource email list. I know you have a lot of options for podcasts, and I thank you so much for being here. And I'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of Social Workers Rise. If you love this episode, be sure to subscribe and text this episode to a friend. If you want more, there are a few ways we can get to know each other and work together. First, definitely subscribe to the Friday resource email list. The link is in the show notes. And that's where you can learn more about the courses I offer, including clinical essentials for the future therapist and the Pulse Basics for medical social workers. I'll also be sending out occasional tips and resources and other happenings within the social work industry. And for all your clinical supervision needs, be sure to visit risedirectory.com. This is a national directory of clinical supervisors for social workers, and we also provide free resources that you can use within your own clinical supervision. Lastly, if you have more individualized needs, I do offer coaching, individual consultations, and am available for public speaking engagements for social workers and change makers. Lastly, the boring legal stuff, but very important. The information in this podcast is not meant to be a supplement for therapy, professional advice, or clinical supervision. This content is provided as is solely for informational purposes. It is not legal, health, or safety advice. I am not advising you as a therapist. Organizations should engage their own experts to ensure any adoptive measures are compliant with applicable laws and standards in their jurisdictions. The opinions expressed by individuals or organizations are their own and do not reflect the views or opinions of Social Workers Rise or Catherine Moore. References to specific products or organizations do not constitute any endorsement or recommendations by Social Workers Rise.